much for joining us today on episode number 176 of the Real Life Runners podcast. As we approach the end of 2020, many people are bidding good riddance to a year like no other. But before you do that, we encourage you to take a step back and take a look at the year, all of the negatives that may be there and maybe some of the positives that we could have gained from this year as well, and end the year with a sense of gratitude for both. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so believe it or not, everyone, the year that everyone wants to end is finally coming to an end. Sooner sooner or later here, it's it's eventually going to flip to 2021. Which is kind of crazy. I know it's everybody's like, as long as we just get through this year, like 2021 is going to be better. And- I believe that, but I pretty much believe that at the end of every year, right? That like next year is going to be better than this one because I feel like we should all constantly be in this state of growth, right? Like I feel like next year should always be better than the year. And not to say that that meant that the past year has been bad because in many ways it has not. Um, Of course, 2020 has presented new challenges for pretty much everyone on the planet, but that doesn't mean it's all negative. It's all bad. And so, you know, as we look forward to 2021 and before we start to set our goals and all those things, I think it's important for us to take a step back and to look back at 2020 and reflect on exactly what's happened this year. Right. A lot of people, especially with this year, are just ready to get to the next one. Yeah. Like, okay, let's just start goal setting and see what's actually going to be able to happen yeah, in Yeah, let's just get out of 2020. Yeah. And they, they don't want to actually take the time to, to look at any sort of lessons that may have actually come from this. I'm sure as much struggle has shown up for, for various uh, aspects of your life, that there are things lessons, there are positives, there are things that you can look back on and say, that was something important that happened to me. And and important is a good word there because it's not necessarily positive or negative. That was an important event in my life that happened in 2020 that will help make me the person that I am going to be in 2021. Right. Because I think that it's also important to remember that oftentimes in our life, if you look back at the entirety of your life, oftentimes it is the struggles, those areas of struggles those areas where we've been challenged, that we've pushed through and we've overcome, those are the things that we remember. Those are the things that have taught us some of the greatest lessons in our lives and led to the greatest amount of growth. So instead of looking back at 2020 and saying what a, you know, dumpster fire it was, like, why don't we say like, okay, like what are some of the amazing lessons or challenges that I overcame or, you know, new ways that I have grown into the new version of me, a better version of me. Yes, that seems like a much more positive outlook than the dumpster fire approach. Because <laughs> if you take that approach, then you're just going to blow off everything that happened in 2020. Like all right, that year just sort of passed. Yeah. And now let's move forward from it. Well, let's just pretend that it didn't exist. We'll jump 2019 to 2021. And things happened over the course of this year and they affected you. So you have to actually look back on them. And looking back with a sense of gratitude does not mean looking back and just smiling at everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Gratitude is a little bit different than that. It's it's closer to appreciation, which doesn't still doesn't mean everything was all just sunshine. Right. So gratitude is a very powerful feeling that can truly shape our day and also the rest of our life, right? Because if you think about it, like you can be grateful for the good things in your life, which is 
tends to be the way that a lot of people look at it. Everyone tries to say, okay, what am I grateful for today, right? We like to start, I like to start my day with a gratitude practice. I have a gratitude journal that I do every single morning where I write down three things um, that I'm grateful for. And then we also have a family gratitude practice at dinner time every night where we, again, say one thing that day that we were grateful for. And most of the time, people point out the positive things, right? Because it's much easier to be grateful for the positive things in our lives. Yeah, no, it's the social media approach of you're not going to blow up during dinner time of what you're grateful for of that like sad moment during the day or that mm-hmm. that down point of the day everyone's like oh yeah this was my highlight of the day like it really becomes a dinner highlight reel mm-hmm. rather than simply something you can be grateful for or people who struggle to be like oh man what could i be grateful for during the day well, just name anything that happened during the day you can be grateful for that thing right because a lot of times too even if you do think about that lower point maybe you did have a low point in the day where you were really struggling or something happened you got some bad news or you're really sad but maybe you got a text from a friend or a hug or something else that then transform that moment from one of sadness or struggle into something better and then that was a highlight like that one act of kindness then brought you out of that struggle or that challenge. Right. So you had the struggle, but then there was the the highlight afterwards, the positive twist on it uh, that you wouldn't have had if you didn't come out of the low point. So you kind of need both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like you said, gratitude, super positive feeling. You start your day with a gratitude. Like you actually go through the effort of writing down in your gratitude journal. I just like to have some positive thoughts. I like to make part of my drive into work in in the quiet so I can just sort of think and be positive as I start my day. Because when you start your day from this sort of positive light, it really helps just sort of set the tone for the rest of the day of things are going to be good today. Mm -hmm. Things are going to be positive and uplifting today. Even when challenges then come up, you're like, okay, I'm going to be grateful for these things, especially if you start the day being grateful for whatever, like, oh, overslept my alarm. Well, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to, to get my clothes put together nice and quick. I'm grateful that I have a job. I'm running late for it, but I'm grateful that I have the job that I'm right. heading off to. Like, there's, there can be gratitude with everything. Right, because you can choose how to frame all of these things, right? Like, there are circumstances in our life, most of which are not within our control. And then you can choose to think about those circumstances whatever way you want to. So like, just like you said, you're running late to work. That's something, well, I mean, one would argue you could control it, but for some reason your alarm didn't go off. And, you know, even if you did have it said, or you overslept it or you hit it and you didn't realize that you did because you were sleeping and somehow you just turned it off. You know, some, some things we can't control, but then how do we react when those things occur, do you get very angry? You know, are you then just frustrated and stressed out and allow that to then color the rest of your day? Or like Kevin said, can you take a step back from it and just say, okay, like this happened, but I'm going to now choose to look at this in a more positive light. I'm going to choose to continue on with my day in a different frame of mind. Right. You can find the benefit out of all sorts of situations. And when you start viewing the world as a blessing, then your brain starts looking for more positive signs. It starts looking for evidence that the world is in fact a blessing for you. Yeah, I totally agree. And like, if you want evidence of this, you can think about the, um, you know, like if you're in the market for a new car, right? If you're in the market for a new car and you decide, like, I know this happened to me when I was looking into getting 
our last car, which is a Honda Pilot, all of a sudden you're driving around and every car on the road is a Honda Pilot. You know, like those Honda Pilots didn't just magically appear. Like that's not what's going on. Your brain, like all of a sudden you've told your brain that Honda Pilot is important. So now your brain is going to start finding Honda Pilots and point those out because you've given your brain, hey, this is information that's important to me. Because your brain is literally filtering out like 90 to 95% of all information that's incoming into your senses on a daily basis at any given point in time. Yeah, if you could actually process the the information coming in like every second of the day, your head would explode immediately. <laughs> I mean, that might be a little dramatic, but it's true. Like if you think about all of the sounds and the smells and the, the tastes and, you know, the sensations on your skin and the, I mean, there's so much that your brain is taking in on at any given moment. Well, you make a really good point there of all of your various senses. Like yeah. if you lay down in like a quiet space in your bed, you can literally feel the sensation of like sheets on you and the clothes that you're wearing and perhaps like real subtle sounds outside. But as you go through your day, you don't ever really notice the sensation of the clothes on your body unless there's like an itchy tag on the back of your shirt. Right. Like your body just pretends those don't exist because they're not relevant to you. Exactly. And as soon as you tell your brain that those things are relevant, your brain will start to find more of that for you. So if you start your day viewing the world as a blessing, your brain is going to continue looking for more evidence of that. If you tell yourself and you tell your brain that you are strong and powerful and that you're able to overcome challenges, your brain is going to start looking for evidence of that and storing evidence of that. Now, if the messages that you tell yourself are the opposite if you're constantly looking for negative things and um, you know how you're failing or how you're not good enough or all of these negative messages that we are very quick to give ourselves in a lot of situations then your brain is going to take every single situation and look for the evidence of that and you can literally look at the same exact situation and see the negative or the positive. And it's just a matter of which one you choose to see and which one your brain chooses to show you. Right. I was playing with this the other day. I, and I Sometimes I wake up and, you know, I'm, I'm running behind on a skeleton or something and it'll start sending me down like a pessimistic mindset. And I decided that day that pessimistic thoughts were going to be amusing to me. Like if I had a pessimistic thought, that was just going to be funny. Like it wasn't going to be like a negative. It, wasn't, it was going to be humorous if... There was just pessimistic thoughts. So then I show up at school and the person who I'm doing like temperature checks as the kids roll in, he just starts dropping one negative thought after the next after the next. It's just a, it's a, literally like he was doing stand up next to me because I told myself pessimistic thoughts are funny and I like funny things. So I show up at work and they're just rolling. I normally don't see the person who teaches in the classroom next to me. She came over and visited at lunch and dropped like three more humorous statements on me. It was the weirdest thing because I said, pessimistic thoughts are funny and I enjoy funny things. And so here they were. And every time they were said, it didn't send me in this negative spiral. I chuckled to myself, realizing how much other people around me make negative statements. If I had the wrong mindset, this could have been annoying. It could have taken me down the negative mindset if I just tried to be all super happy about everything and tried to fix their problems. But I just took their problems in, kind of chuckled to myself because it's not kind to just laugh in their face when people are complaining <laughs> about the struggles of their day. But I kind of chuckled to myself 
and then was able to actually be in a place to, you know, help them if that's what they were going for. The one did not want help. They just wanted to vent and that was helpful for them. Mm -hmm. But I, I was able to approach it from the right place without getting sucked into it myself. Mm -hmm. That's really, really powerful. So you want to set your day up this way, right? Like choosing gratitude, choosing the positivity and the blessings in the morning can be very powerful. But what about the end of the day? You know, going to bed with that sense of gratitude, actually taking time to be thankful for all of the things that happened that day, whether or not they're quote unquote good or quote unquote bad, because like we just said, they can be either depending on how, how you choose to view it. And so when you go to bed with gratitude, your brain is going to store those memories as more positive memories. Right. So then when that thing happens again, because we're just going to keep getting similar experiences in our life, when that situation arises again, it's not, oh God, this thing is happening again. It's, oh yeah, I remember that. That was a positive last time. Regardless of how you may have, have approached it when it first hit you, if you go to bed thinking about all of the blessings and positive things that happened to the day, all the lessons that you were able to gain, you know, things that may have been a challenge at the time, things that may have even been frustrating at the time, at the end of the day, if you're like, those were good things for me. When they show up again, they will be viewed as good things and you'll be more more constructive when they hit you the next time. Right. So think about your running, right? Like obviously there are plenty of ways this can apply to your regular life, but let's think about your running. You know, if you have a run that maybe didn't go so well, like when you were doing it, you were really struggling through it. You were really talking negatively to yourself. Like you came after the end of that run, you're just done. You're spent. Your body's tired. Your mind's tired. Things are not going well. How do you want to view it afterwards? Like you can still look back on that and change the way that you feel about that run. Like Kevin said, right? Like, because we can look at our struggles. We can choose to look at those struggles as just stepping stones that, okay, well, that run was a struggle, but I still finished it, right? That run was a struggle, but I still was able to hit my pace. That run was a struggle. I didn't even hit my pace. I wasn't even close to it, but it, it taught me that I could keep going and I wasn't going to die at the end of the run. Right, because every once in a while, that's the point of some workouts. And I know that I've I've talked to some of our clients or left messages for our clients in, in our uh, coaching app for them where they're like, I struggled through this workout or I was good until it got to the end of the workout. I'm like, that that was the point. Like you were supposed to be struggling at the end. You were supposed to be like, I don't know how I'm possibly going to hit pace on this last one because when it comes time for your race, especially if you're running a longer race, if you're out there for like an hour or a couple of hours, you're going to hit that part in the race where your mind is saying, yeah, I think we're done. I'm pretty sure that we've reached our, our done point and you're not. So unless you have workouts where you're mind hits the point that says, and we're done, and you're able to figure out how to say, no, we're not, then what are you going to do when it comes time to the race? Like, this is a really good lesson out of, out of workouts. If you just keep looking at a workout of, I missed my pace. I'm terrible at running. This isn't my thing. I can never run those kind of workouts. Then you've just really convinced yourself that you can't run those kind of workouts and that running is not your thing. That doesn't seem constructive. Right. And then guess what your brain is going to do? Like going back to what we were just talking about, your brain is then going to find evidence of why you can't do those things or why you're not going to be able to complete those kinds of workouts or why this means you're not a fast runner. Like whatever messages you're telling yourself, your brain can spin all of it 
to support that, okay? So you get to choose that message, okay? Another really good thing about ending your day with like positive thinking and gratitude is to help your brain actually do some work and process through some really difficult questions because we've I've heard about this from several people that, you know, because I do a lot of reading and training on, you know, the mental aspect of life and of personal development and of coaching. And there are all these times that we have these questions, right? We're not quite sure what to do about them. So whether it's running, whether it's your life, whether it's your career, what your family, whatever it might be. But if you can say, okay, I'm really grateful for everything that happened today, but I'm really not sure what to do about this situation. Um, A, you probably are, you probably do know what to do. You're just afraid to admit it. Um, But B, if you're not quite sure, what you can do is you can kind of put that question into your brain as you go to sleep. Um, And then when you're asleep, your brain actually will go to work for you to try to figure this answer out. Now, this sounds kind of woo and it sounds a little out there, but it's the truth. Like your brain is literally taking all of the things from your day and storing information, making new memories, taking the information from your day and like it's it's like a file cabinet, right? It's trying to figure out where it fits. And it, you have these constructs of the world of the constructs of yourself or whatever it might be that your brain is trying to fit these things into. So it can actually answer these questions for you as you're asleep. Like I just had this experience the other day where I was kind of debating about this one thing um, and I was trying to keep myself open to what the answer was, right? Because I feel like the answer is inside of me. I just need to let it come out. And so I literally had a dream about it. I was dreaming this whole thing and I woke up and I'm like, I have to write this down. So I came over and I wrote down on my post-it. You see, that's what that is over there. It looked like something that you would, (laughs) I've seen this post-it for like a week and I'm like, I'm pretty sure she wrote that in the middle of the night while half asleep because it's somewhat legible, but not entirely. Yeah. Somewhat legible, but not entirely. And definitely written at a weird angle. Um, and I was trying to do it by like the light of my Garmin because I didn't want to turn any lights on because I wanted to be able to go back to sleep and I obviously didn't want to wake you up either. So I just, um, got up at two o'clock in the morning and wrote it down so that I wouldn't forget it but it it was my brain that was like gave me that made that connection overnight be based on some stuff that I had been listening to that day and I was you know I've been doing a lot of thinking about our training team and how I want to restructure it for the new year and the the new benefits that I want to give to our members and I've I've come I'm just coming up with so many great ideas I'm so so excited about it and this one just literally popped into my head in the middle of the night and woke me up so I had to write it down so when you allow your brain to do its job like you're more open to the answers that may come to you right because when you started that you said that you probably have the answers to these questions already you're just telling yourself that you don't Mm -hmm. so when you open yourself up when you you end with the gratitude for you know for the positives and for the challenges then there's not a wrong answer to the questions and that's that's what kind of is the the issue with a lot of these things is oh I'm not sure what the correct answer is to that and the thing is that with all of the answers are the correct answer like all of them oh I'm not sure if I should put one speed workout in my week or two speed workouts the one that you choose is really the correct answer because that's the one that you're going to be fully behind oh should I up my mileage my long run from 15 to 16 this week or from 15 to 17 the one that you believe in is the correct answer to that so allowing yourself to kind of just be open and say, yep, 
that's going to be the choice. That's going to be the choice that I make. Your brain will give it to you. And then when you wake up and you have the answer, you just have to go with it and stop resisting so much. Right. And stop second guessing. You know, I I know that I am really bad about second guessing. Like even that sentence that I just said, you know, that's, I'm telling myself, that's the message I'm telling myself. Oh, I'm really bad about second guessing myself. Like (laughs) that's a terrible sentence to just say. Right. And And I'm constantly catching myself in this as I'm trying to rework my brain. Like this is all a work in progress. I don't have this 100% nailed yet where I'm in this state of enlightenment and Zen. Like we're all working through this. Right. But I do historically have a tendency to overthink things and second guess my decisions even after I make them. And really that just leads to a lot of heartache and frustration. Like this year I've been, especially in the last few months, I've been really trying to make a decision and then let it go. Like make a decision, stick to it, and just say, well, that's the answer. Like, and it is the best answer because that's the decision that I made. And like that's the end of it. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's a good way of, of looking at it. I think that kind of helps bring us a little bit into our, our next thing of in, instead of looking at everything from the positive, because gratitude is amazing, you do some phenomenal things with it, a lot of people struggle with this, especially in, in a year as crazy as this one. This year has really opened the door to jumping on the negative train and just riding it for a while. Like, let's just see how far down that hole we can dig because there's certainly been the options in front of you yeah. to be able to complain your way through a day, a week, suddenly a month has passed and you're like, wow, I really just complained a lot for the last month because the options have been there if you want to look at those options. So when you're able to actually like go in as gratitude as is a is an important aspect of my life it's a daily check-in to say which direction are my thoughts moving so instead of sliding so far down and getting into this like almost like momentum towards the negative side you kind of just keep checking in and if you've had a couple of negative thoughts before the ball really gets rolling and it's almost out of control you're able to say no no no, i'm going to stop and be grateful for something find something right then to be grateful for and change the direction of your thoughts right and that's a really powerful thing like that gives you that idea of reframing your thoughts being grateful for the struggle struggles being grateful for the failures or the inconveniences or the annoyances of your day can be a really powerful thing however it can also feel really strange and feel really fake right like I think that this is where a lot of people come up up against some resistance to this right they're like well everything's not just sunshine and rainbows and unicorns you know like this actually sucks. You know, people are dying. Are you insensitive to that? Like people are sick. The hospitals are overrun. Our medical workers are, you know, just burnt through and through, like burnt out. And and no, we're not undermining any of that. Like we're not saying that the world is beautiful all the time and all of it can be reframed into positive. I mean, it kind of can, you know, if you really choose to, but we're not trying to minimize anybody's suffering or grief. And that's not what the the point of all of this, right? Right. This isn't like a, an attempt to whitewash over negative things in the life. Like um, you, you use one of my favorite phrases. It's life is not just sunshine and unicorns. It, it is when I'm trying to get our little one to go to sleep. Then everything mm-hmm. is in fact sunshine and unicorns. Because anytime she has bad thoughts in her dreams, she can always call upon her magical unicorn who she can jump onto and then ride away because the unicorn fixes everything. Mm -hmm. But they're not all over the place in the world unless you 
choose them to be, you know, there are negative things in the world and it is fine. It is healthy to point out the negative feelings that you're experiencing. The problem is when you say, okay, I'm, I've got this negative feeling and I would just like to wallow in it for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That's where it becomes unhealthy. You are more than welcome. You should have negative feelings throughout, you know, your, your week or your day or whatever it is. Like maybe not every day having to have a, a negative thought but you should have highs and lows. It's not just smile through the day and pretend that everything's positive. Right. That's not the that's not the concept of gratitude. Right, that's fake and inauthentic and nobody wants to be that, right? But the the thing here, this is the key is that you are allowed to feel your feelings and still not be controlled by them. And this is like one of the things that I'm learning recently. And um, like my coach is, is really strong on this. Is like just invite your feelings in. Like what if we could just have like a feelings party. Like whatever feelings you have are normal because you're human. Like you you can't just go through life only seeing the positive. That's impossible. Like there are going to be negative things. There are going to be negative the workouts that don't go your way. There are going to be times when your brain tells you that you're not good enough. There are t- all of these things are going to happen. And so many times we can resist, right? This would be one of the negative sides of like the gratitude thinking in if some people take it to the extreme, right? Is that like, okay, no, I'm not allowed to think that. I have to be grateful for something. Like that is inauthentic. Just allow that negative feeling to be there, but don't allow it to control you, right? Like we can allow that feeling to just exist without trying to quickly replace it or immediately reframe it. Like you're going to want to do that work most likely, right? To try to get yourself into a positive place, but it doesn't have to be done right away. Like you're allowed to have negative thoughts and feelings and you're also allowed to choose for those things not to control where you're going like what Kevin was saying with the the negative train of like the spiral that we can get ourselves into like you don't have to go down that spiral you're allowed to have a negative thought or a negative feeling and still remain in in a more positive mindset yes positive people can still have negative thoughts yeah is of course it's not one negative and suddenly you're a negative person and like you don't have to go that direction from from a running perspective sometimes you have a bad race or a bad workout and you just want to sit there and be like that was terrible like i ran really poorly today that doesn't mean that you're going to run really poorly tomorrow or the next day that doesn't mean that you were a really bad runner that just means that you ran really poorly today and if you'd like to just sort of sit there and be like man that really sucked, then you are more than allowed to do that. It's when you then take that feeling of that run was bad and then turn yourself into a bad person Mm -hmm. and then start pulling runner, bad runner and then start pulling other people around you and pointing out like, Oh, you ran a PR. Yeah. I heard the course was short. Like that's don't be a jerk about it. (laughs) Now you're just literally trying to suck other people into your, your like pity party over there because you had a bad race. You can have a bad race and be upset with it. And then after you've kind of worked through those emotions a little bit and, and taken the upset at some point, you're going to want to move past it and try and gain something constructive out of it. Mm -hmm. I know I do this in school. Also kids will fail a test. And they'll be like, oh, I, I can see both both things happen simultaneously. Like the one kid will see their grade and 
they'll just suddenly go into like this dark little shell and they're done. Like they're, they're done for the day. The other kid will see their failing grade and be like, eh, Mr. Brown's tests are impossible and will never even touch it again. It won't change how they study. It won't do anything. Neither one of them took a good approach. One of them pretended that it didn't exist and the other one didn't do anything constructive with it. They just went into their little shell. And they blamed you. Yes. Which was like a circumstance out of their control. Right. Right. So that's not a positive way to deal with it either. Right. So it's okay to have your negative thoughts as long as you climb out of it and then reach out and try and change the circumstances that you do have control over and take charge of the situation. Right. And the same thing goes like this makes me think of parenting also. Right. Like there are times where our children test the heck out of us. Like let's be real. Right. Like they know our buttons sometimes and they are happy to push them right and they just push you and you are patient and you are kind and you are loving and you are calm and they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and all of a sudden you're yelling right or all of a sudden you say something or you use a curse word or you you know you do something or say something that you wish you hadn't done right you handle that situation not in the greatest way like I know I've done it and like innumerable amount of times in my life as a parent. Yeah, the kids are growing up. It's right? the, the numbers are really adding up here. <laughs> but it doesn't mean I'm a bad mom. Like I know to my core that I am a fantastic mother and that I love them with all of my being, right? Do I still make mistakes? Absolutely. Like it's going to happen. Like do I handle situations poorly? Yep, all the time, you know? Like and I still know that I'm a good mom. So the same goes with running. Like you can have really sucky workouts or runs, like even an easy run. Like this was supposed to be an easy enjoyable run and it felt awful today and you're still a good runner. Like you're still a runner. You had to walk today. Who cares? You're still a runner. Like, you know, I think that it's really important to just and that's one of the powers of the identity, you know, going back to one of our core tenets here at Real Life Runners is accepting that identity of runner of as a real life runner. I am a runner. I am a real life runner. When you know that, when you accept that identity, then these things are just kind of like little bumps along the way, but you actually know, okay, none of it doesn't really matter in the big picture. How can I use this to further support my identity as runner? How can I take this crappy run and say, okay, well, like, you know, like we were saying before, I still got through it. I was still able to, you know, finish the run. I was still able to do whatever it might be. That proves that I am still a runner, not that oh, I didn't finish this at the exact intended pace, that means I'm not a runner. Or I didn't finish this at the exact intended paces, that's an area of my running that I need to work on. Right. Like it, it can highlight areas that do in fact need some little, a little bit more work. Maybe I should add a little bit more of that to my training program. Oh, I, I guess I really have been missing my strides for the last month. So when I had a workout that really focused on some higher end speed, shockingly, it didn't go very well. Maybe those strides are on the plan for a reason. You know, I, I've fallen into this trap myself totally. of, you know, I'm training for something that's really, really long. So is it really necessary to hit the high end speed? Eh, probably not as super critical, but it should still be touched upon mm -hmm. so that it's still there. Like you touch on all areas. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the other things, uh, that you can go to with these negative feelings is they're important in our life because they provide a balance to the joyful moments Absolutely. in our life. Yeah, because without the negative, you can't fully appreciate the joy. Like if everything was just good and joyful all the time, how would you know what joyful even was? <laughs> like you need the contrast in your life 
in order to understand, oh, okay, that is a negative, this is a positive, this is, you know, joy, this is sadness. Like, you, we need these contrasting moments so that we can greater appreciate, you know, the good stuff when it does come along. And the good stuff is there all the time, right? Like, it's just a matter of whether or not we choose to see it. Because gratitude is not just happiness. Like, gratitude is a much deeper appreciation for everything in our lives and like we've been saying the whole episode for the good and the bad it's not just I'm happy all the time I'm a positive person like it's just that I am so grateful just to be alive and have this human experience when you go ahead and accept that everything that you do is in fact leading you towards your ultimate goal then every step you take is the correct step. Even the steps that don't seem to actually be moving you forward, even the steps that seem sideways, even the steps that seem backwards, they're teaching you the lesson that you need. Like, oh, I went off on the run and now my knee sort of feels a little wonky. Oh, that's actually just the nudge saying, hey, you weren't working on your strength and mobility. Maybe you need to focus on uh, change out your shoes on a regular basis. Maybe you haven't been getting enough sleep. Oh man, every time I go through a long run, I end up with this crazy headache afterwards. Have you been hydrating appropriately? during the run, before the run, after the run, there's lessons to be learned every time something seems to be not quite going smoothly. You just have to find the lesson out of that thing. Yeah, there's a great saying that I love um, that I've gotten from various places and sources. And it basically says you either get the outcome that you want or you get the lesson that you need. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good way of, of putting it is... On on the days where it's not sunshine and unicorns, it's and rainbows. It's well, I like the rainbow aspect because it's you know it's you say sunshine and rainbows, but rainbows only exist because there's rain somewhere. Absolutely, like, that's why I like to put that in there. Like, you can't have the rainbow unless it's raining somewhere, mm-hmm. but you also can't have the rainbow unless it's sunny somewhere. You actually need to have the positive and the negative. That's what makes a pretty rainbow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm a physics teacher. <laughs> But like going back to this idea of, you know, you either get the outcome that you want or the lesson that you need. If you think about it, it is absolutely so true if you're open to it, right? And it also helps to kind of highlight another point, which is that the satisfaction, your satisfaction is much greater after dealing with the struggles and the challenges versus before, right? Because if something's really easy for you, like how much satisfaction do you really gain when you achieve that goal versus something that was difficult, something that you had to overcome, something that you had to push through and struggle through and you still achieved it. You still got to the other side. Like the sense of satisfaction with that is usually so much greater than if someone were just to hand it to you. Right, way better than if someone were simply to hand to you. Like, oh man, if I could just have the answer to all of my hopes and dreams given to me, then it would not be satisfying at all. And you probably wouldn't believe it. Right. Like, well, that was too easy. (laughs) Yeah, I guess those were not all of my hopes and dreams. I totally don't trust these ones. Right, which kind of sends it back to, okay, there's a whole lot that you can be satisfied with. If the satisfaction comes after dealing with the struggles and challenges, then let's be grateful for 2020. Because 
there have certainly been some struggles put in front of us. We got canceled races, limited group runs, how many people are you allowed to run with depending on what country you live in or state even inside of the U.S. here. Or how far are you even able to go from home? Like some people are like limited to a certain radius. Or the time that they're allowed to be outside of their house during Mm -hmm. the day. Um, Overcoming heat waves, crazy blizzards, fires in one country and the other, uh, gyms being closed for COVID, lots of struggles, lots of challenges. Right. And that's what 2020 has given us. And we can choose again to look at all of the negatives or we can say, okay, what have I actually done this year? Have I been more consistent with my running? Like, was I able to, despite all of these challenges of not having the gym, not having the treadmill, you know, not being able to go off on my normal group runs, not having a race to train for, was I still able to maintain some sort of consistency? Was it as good as before? Was it better than before? I know there's a ton of people, um, especially those people that joined our training team that said this is the best year of running that they've ever had because they were consistent. They were on a plan. They had accountability and they had support. They had all of the things that they needed to, to be consistent in their running and they feel stronger as a runner now than they ever have before because they're not just jumping from race to race, right? There's a lot of people that just kind of jump from race to race and that's what they use as their motivation and they don't actually take the time to build the base up or build the strength up. Like I even saw tons of posts like this from elite runners, professionals that are like, you know, usually I don't have the time to do this. And they're freaking professional runners. Like that's what you do for a living. And they're like, but I'm always in race training mode. I don't have the, the... as much flexibility to run the hills or put in all of the strength and mobility work that I want because a lot of that stuff causes a lot of soreness, right? Like if you're lifting really heavy weights, your muscles are going to be really sore. You're not going to be able to hit speed workouts, right? So it's a different level of training when you're training specifically for a race outcome versus if you're just training to get stronger, to get healthier, to get faster in general, there's a lot more that opens up for you. Yeah, it's the the professional version of of race jumping is pros literally race jump because they run for a living. So in order to continue making enough money from their sponsors, they have to finish in the top however many of various major races. Right, and they sign contracts that they have to run a certain number of races, some of them, right. regardless. So, so when you're trying to stack races on, each other, on top of each other so that you can actually make money, because that's how you make money, yeah. you your training window does get altered. You know, the same way that we can put these, I mean, they're much more self-imposed when it's sort of like, well, I signed up for this race and that one and that one and that one and that one. You know, you put those those constraints on you, but when you're race hopping, it does change the way that you, you have to train. You're either training through certain races or you're training to try and peak every two weeks, which is a really big challenge. You never get the big base building. You never get the massive recovery from it that you can then gain, like leap to the higher levels. Right. So despite all of the challenges, challenges that we've had this year, how can we spin that? What are the positive things that we can gain from that? Because let's look at running just in general, right? Running is simple, but it was not the easiest thing this year, right? Like, cause running is a very simple thing, but it is not easy. So do you actually run because it's easy? Like probably not. Like most runners run to challenge themselves. I run to see what I'm capable of. I run to push my limits. Like all of these things and you know that you would throw onto a motivational poster, which are all great, right? But like 
how easy was it this year? Was it easier for you because maybe you had some time open up? Like, was it not as easy and you did it anyway? Like, what was it like? Yeah, this year was really the time to take the the inspiration off the motivational poster and see whether you actually live by it because the easiness was really put to the test. Like, there were a lot of extra challenges put in front of you. And when you say, I don't run because it's easy, well... When it got harder, did you keep running? And if you did, great. You know, if you were able to maintain consistency similar to the year before, that's fantastic. If you were able to even go more than the year before, wow. Like, just be grateful for that. Like, oh, but but I'm not running as fast. And I, I didn't hit a PR this year because I didn't even run a race. Yeah, but just look at your running. Like, what have you done over the course of this year that you can use to springboard into the next year? Like, it's a look back and look forward thing. Right. So when you do look back, think about what the positives were, right? Think about what you were able to do. If you were able to maintain that consistency without a race, if you were able to maybe run in a different climate, like in the heat or the cold, like were you able to incorporate strength training into your running in a new way? Like I know that that was like one of the big things that so many people on our training team did. Like they maintained the strength training or they started the strength training. They maintained their running. Um, They found easy running, right? Some of them never even knew. Like those of you that have done our five-day challenge and we taught you the benefits of what easy running is, like that's transformed hundreds of people's lives, you know, over the course of this year of of people that have gone through our challenge. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, maybe you lost your local running team because you weren't actually legally allowed to go out and group up with your your runs. Maybe you expanded your running team through an online team. Maybe you joined our tribe and realized how many people are out there that are in a similar position to you. You know, you could have been in a place where you're like, ah, I go out and run, but I'm not really a runner. And then you join the tribe and you see other people who look and are running very similar to you and you're like oh I'm a runner like that person is a runner Mm -hmm. it expands the group of people around you who are on your running team even if you don't have a weekly run directly with them yeah because runners come in all shapes and sizes and all speeds and paces and as long as you run you're a runner and we're here to support you and that's part of what being a real life runner is all about is taking running and using it in a way that helps us to become better people and show up better in our lives and live healthier, more fulfilled, more satisfying lives and just make this world a better place. I mean, that's what we're all about here at Real Life Runners. And so what can you take from this year? Like what about your running this year has made you into a stronger runner, a better runner, a stronger person in general, a better person that's more able to overcome the challenges or get through them or just tolerate them. You know, sometimes it's a win to just tolerate just stuff. Just tolerate them. That's a pretty <laughs> you know? solid also, yeah. You know? I mean, especially when the struggles are big, like that's similar to a really long distance race or the, the third mile of a 5K. Oh, tolerating it is winning on that thing. Like maybe you're able to have a final push when you can see the finish line, but from from mile two to mile three, that's just tolerating the painful existence mm-hmm. that you're in until you're close enough to throw down a final kick. Right. So as runners, we're very well prepared um, for 2020 and very well prepared for 2021, you know, especially with all of the lessons that we've learned this year. So we encourage you guys, you know, over the next week before 2021 starts, just take some time and reflect on 
all of the things that 2020 has brought to you. You can write down the good, the bad, everything in between, but then look at all of that and and try to start to spin it, right? Like what can you be grateful for? What is, what are the very positive things that came out of this year? And then think ahead to 2021 on how do you want your running to look and to feel? You know, wherever you are from 2020, how do you want to improve? Do you want to be more consistent? Do you want to be better about your strength training and mobility work? Do you want to start playing with different speeds? Do you want to increase your paces or um, increase your distances that you're able to run? Do you want to do more virtual challenges? Like what do you want that to look like? And think about the things that you actually have within your control because Ultimately, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring. We don't know if races are going to come back. We hope that they will, but we don't know. So think about what is within your control that you want to, you know, how you want to show up in 2021. Yeah. And I mean, feel free to share that. We've always got, always got good, positive stuff coming in the tribe. You know that you're supported by everybody in the Facebook tribe. Um, So you can share, you know, the wins from the year, even the things that don't necessarily look like a win on the surface and how that is in fact a win in your life and how you're going to use that and grow even stronger and more in 2021. Absolutely. And if you want an amazing team of runners and coaches to support you and guide you on your running journey so that you don't have to figure it out on your own, you can be supported, you can be encouraged, you can have people in your corner backing you up in a smart training plan to get you from where you are to where you want to be we want to invite you to join our real life runners training team we are running a special this if you sign up before the end of the year um, where we're going to throw in a free customized plan for you and a one-on-one coaching call Um, we are also going to be um, hosting a webinar next week we're going to be going live next tuesday um, december 29th and we're going to be talking about how to make 2021 your best year of running ever by following a proven system and and looking at your running from specifically from three different aspects like the three aspects that you need to make 2021 the best running year of your life best running year of your life sounds like a webinar to sign up for yeah for sure so for those links you can check out the show notes um for the real life runners team uh, you can go to realliferunners.com forward slash team but all the links will be in the show notes or you can click on um, you just go to our website realliferunners.com and you can get to anything from there as well All right. So guys, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. As always, uh, if we don't, if you don't hear from us before 2021, I mean, we will be releasing an episode next week on New Year's Eve, but we hope that you all have a wonderful holiday, a happy and healthy end to 2020 and a wonderful start to 2021. And we will talk to you next week and then of course in the new year so thank you as always for spending this time with us this has been the real life runners podcast episode number 176 now get out there and run your life hey if you enjoy listening to this podcast you have to come check out the real life runners training team it's our monthly coaching program where we take all of this material we apply it and we take it to the next level We teach you how to train your mind, body, and skills for true and lasting success in your running and your life. We offer customized training plans, live coaching calls, and one-on-one coaching, along with our proven system to help you transform into the runner you want to be and achieve your goals. Come join our team over at realliferunners.com forward slash team and start to truly run your life. We'll see you there.